0: Welcome to Commercial Property Insights by Altus Group. In this episode, Robert Hayton, UK President of Altus Group, discusses the key themes of the Altus Group Annual Business Rates Review 2021, a report which takes an in-depth look at a year that has impacted UK businesses like no other. So Robert, this week Altus Group releases its Annual Business Rates Review. It's fair to say 2020 was an unimaginable year and the first half of 2021 has seen several important policy announcements.
1: Uh, you're not wrong there, Paul. It's been incredibly hectic. Um, we're looking out over the rest of this year to see what the, uh, how the policy announcements actually land. But we've got an awful lot of questions in relation to what governments are proposing at this point in
0: time. I'm sure we'll touch on those uh, later, Robert, but the global pandemic has accelerated the digitalisation of tax. It's fair to say that Alters Group are leading the way in this regard.
1: Uh, yes, I think we are. We um, used to be able to deal with property taxes, with a, basically with a pen, a piece of paper and a phone, um, but you can't do that now. Um, as we move through the rest of 2021, 2022, and head into the next revaluation in 2023, we think that our comprehensive data set are going to be driving some really intelligent workflows. It's going to give us a lot of insight, um, helping us to assist our clients um, and deliver great results for them. The other thing that's happening is that at this moment in time, lots of businesses are figuring out how much real estate they require. There's been a bit of a yo-yo on that, going from everyone's going to be working at home and we don't require any space. Uh, to the other side to we want to get everyone back into the offices and we think that the data solutions that we've got are not only going to be providing sort of cutting edge evidence around the minimization of business rates but we're also going to be able to provide some uh, unique viewpoints around things like lease events you know whether they should keep leases or look to dispose of leases and we're also going to be looking at uh, creating a platform of sort of data solutions around the complete service around uh, you know occupational costs as a whole data is going to be very powerful for businesses trying to navigate their real estate footprint at this time Uh, and we've got more data than anybody else.
0: So we're expecting the government to publish the outcome to their fundamental review into business rates later this year in the autumn. Tell me about Altus Group's five-point manifesto plan for change.
1: Business rates and and property taxes are are here to stay I think and government is constantly looking at ways to improve the business rates property tax system from their perspective. There are some really easy changes that could be made to also help businesses. And the first one that we are calling for change around is the uprating on annual valuations. What happens at the moment is that there's an inflation linked increase on an annual basis based on the tax take. And that's effectively double counting, because on the one hand, you've got new properties being built and improvements being made to properties in the rating list. And that's increasing the tax take for government. And then overlaid on top of that, they're also adding for inflation. It's really damaging and what's going to happen eventually is that if something isn't done about this, we'll end up with a situation where the tax take is over 100% of the rent that's being paid on the properties and that's simply not sustainable. It was wrong to have it in the first place and it's wrong to continue with it in the system at the moment and it's really important that it gets removed. The second thing we're asking for is that the current system of phasing in reductions in rateable value in terms of the way that they affect a ratepayer's liability is removed. This so-called downwards transitional phasing, it means that if rents fall and the rateable value falls, this cap on the amount by which the liability can fall might mean that at a halving of rent and a halving of rates leads to only maybe a 5 or 10% reduction in rates, and that's really damaging. That's really, that's really hurting people who are least able to be able to afford to pay their business rates because they're in a property that's falling in value. Another area that we're looking at is the way that the business rate system can help to support sort of green energy solutions. At the moment, if you make an environmentally friendly, as it were, improvement to your property, you place solar panels on the roof or you or you build a turbine or something, you pay additional property taxes for that. That's not the case in Europe and many parts of the rest of the world. The current rate system creates a disincentive for businesses to invest in green technologies on their properties and I think also it potentially pushes some investment from large manufacturing businesses and large companies in the UK. It pushes them to make those green investments overseas where they won't be penalised. In terms of the sort of day-to-day administration of property taxes, one of the areas where we think that the need for improvement or more investment from government is around the way that they deal with appeal. At the moment, it can still take years for a challenge against a level of rateable value to be dealt with. There's an 18-month statutory time frame on challenges within which the authorities need to decide whether or not the challenge put to them is well-founded or not. And after 18 months, they can decide it isn't. We'd like that time frame to be reduced significantly. We don't see any reason why it can't be possible for challenges to be considered and decided upon within six months so that where assessments are too high, the ratepayers that are suffering from those excessive assessments will feel the benefit of the reduction that they're owed in a reasonable period of time. And the final and fifth part of our five-point manifesto relates to empty rates. Empty rates is essentially a tax on failure, if I can put it like that. You have an empty property because you've failed if you're a landlord to find a tenant or you've failed if you're an occupier to have enough business or enough work to be able to occupy all of the property that you own. The current system allows for short periods of emptiness where you don't pay any business rates, but after that you start paying rates on the full amount, the amount that you would pay if the property was occupied and remembering that business rates and property taxes are and were originally intended to be a tax on occupation, not a tax on not-occupation or non-occupation. We don't think that the current periods allowed, the current exemption periods, are anything like enough. It's three months for offices and it's six months for industrial properties. And that's supposed to reflect the time it would take a reasonable landlord to find a new tenant. And that's simply not the case. We know in the case of shops that they can sit empty for years. In the case of offices, they can they can sit empty for years. And allowing just three months to find a tenant and go through the whole legal process and secure the funding doesn't reflect reality. And that's an area where yeah, we feel there needs to be urgent modernisation.
0: Staying on the subject of reform, Robert, the government recently announced they plan to take forward a commitment that they made at the autumn budget in 2017 to cut the revaluation cycle to three years. But to do so, they're now consulting on several trade-offs to make this happen. What's your view on that?
1: So government made a commitment to deliver this, this more frequent uh, revaluation cycle. Originally and historically, it's been five years and they want to cut that to three years. Five years makes a lot of sense, actually, because it matches a typical rent review pattern. Three years will be beneficial to ratepayers, and broadly we support the move to three years. It will mean that that changes in rent will be reflected more rapidly in the tax base. The problem comes in because uh, where government you know, requires fiscal neutrality for any changes, so they don't want it to cost anything. They want to deliver more frequent revaluations, but at the same cost. And so, some of the what you might call sweetness of the shorter cycles i.e. falling rents translate into reduced liabilities much more quickly, are going to be tempered by more onerous reforms, which I guess some may well see as being a price too high to pay, and, you know, especially when you consider that a shorter cycle also means that if your rent's gone up, it will translate into an increased liability more quickly too.
0: In terms of the shorter three-year cycle, are the trade-offs to achieve that that are being proposed now, do you think they're worth it?
1: I think some of them are. There's a consultation document at the moment, and uh, not all of the suggestions in the consultation document are particularly palatable. I think overall, if we can move to a three year revaluation cycle, that will offer huge benefits to ratepayers. I think it's something that ratepayers have been calling for, and as an organisation representing ratepayers, we have a duty to support what our clients want. If you read what's out in the public domain from other commentators, there's a great deal of suspicion and I would say fear about the other proposals, the other change proposals that have been put forward. But really, what you see in there are administrative burdens placed on businesses like Altus Group and and others, which I think we can navigate through to the benefit of our clients. For example there's a proposal that all appeals would need to be made within three months of the start of a rating list. Altus Group's able to meet that deadline, provided our clients can provide us with the data that we need, their rental information, et cetera administratively, we would be able to make all of our appeals within that three-month window. And I think the benefits that would come from that in terms of a more sensible sequencing of discussions with the valuation office over revised valuations and the promise that settlements would be reached more quickly, I think that administrative burden placed on us is, is worth us suffering for the advantages our clients would get as a consequence of it.
0: It must have been disappointing, Robert, to see the government legislate against material changing circumstances appeals resultant from the pandemic, especially for the office occupiers who were under a work-from-home instruction for the best part of 16 months.
1: We certainly didn't see the legislation coming, one of the reasons being that this legislation is in effect retrospective, which is something of a no-no when it comes to tax legislation government was confronted with the prospect that they were going to have to refund billions of pounds to businesses under these material change in circumstances rules that sit within the rating appeal process. I think personally I think it's despicable what they've done here. They've introduced sledgehammer legislation to save money and they're punishing businesses who as you say were under work from home instructions and unable to enjoy their properties beneficially for a significant period of time. A lot of these businesses have then paid fees to advisers in order to pursue their lawful right to have their rateable value reduced under these rules, only then for government to pull the rug from under them.
0: Do you think this spells the end of all MCC appeals in the longer term? The government certainly seem to be alluding to that.
1: Well, I hope not. The MCC appeal right is a fundamental part of what makes the business rate system fair, unless you're going to move to very much more frequent revaluations. And I, don't, and I simply don't see how that could be made to be with a rule of fiscal neutrality. I don't see how that could possibly come to pass. What you're going to have over a five-year or four-year or a three-year cycle is you're going to have changes that are affecting, fundamentally affecting the value of the property that's being taxed. And what this material change in circumstances rule allows is for that impact to be reflected in the tax that you pay. So if they remove that right, then we're going to have a great number of property occupiers who are paying for taxes based on the property that existed at a previous time, but that doesn't exist now. And a kind of sledgehammer example would be where an owner knocks half of their property down. That's a material change in circumstances where you would want the value to be reduced. And if that appeal right is removed, you'd be paying based on the property that existed on the start of the list, not the one that existed on the day you pay the tax.
0: With lockdowns and non-essential shops mandated to close for large amounts of time, I suppose it comes as no surprise to you that that the review shows that nearly 1.4 million square metres of new big vast distribution warehouse sheds came onto the rating list last year. That's 50 big, big sheds. Is this where the investment's at and what is the likely impact on values ahead of the 2023 revaluation?
1: We've seen distribution space becoming much more of an investable asset class over the last five and 10 years time. And what the work from home, the shutdown of shops, the rise in online retail has done is it's caused a a spike in demand for that kind of space. And these buildings are getting bigger. What we've got at the moment is we've got a bit of a shortage. So we've got plenty of land and we've got plenty of people seeking planning permission. We've got plenty of buildings being built, but we've got far more businesses seeking that space than there is space available at this moment in time. What that's doing is that's driving rents up. So new buildings are coming onto the list, but there's still pent up demand. Rents are going up and inevitably the consequence of that is that rateable values will go up in, in that asset class. And quite rightly so too, of course, as rents fall on the high street, and rateable values fall on the high street, the business rate system tracks that, or at least it should track that in a reasonably tight manner. And so where rents are going up, tax liabilities will go up. Where rents are going down, tax liabilities will go down, provided government does something with this terrible downwards transitional phasing that I mentioned a moment ago.
0: The modernisation of empty rates is something I know you have pressed for for a long, long time. Um, and earlier this year, we saw the Supreme Court rule on an avoidance scheme using special purpose vehicles. Presumably, they both are interlinked to some degree and these long running battles will continue. What is the actual solution, Robert?
1: The reason that businesses with empty property pursue avoidance schemes is because they can't afford the tax or they, find, or they feel that the tax is unfair or penal. And I think empty rates is. The more heavily you tax businesses and, and the more pressure they come under, remember, these are empty buildings, so these are buildings which aren't delivering a return. There's no rent coming in. There's no profit being made on the things that, are, that would otherwise be being stored in these buildings. So there's no income from which to pay the tax. The more penal you make the tax, the more businesses will seek to find ways to, to mitigate that liability. What the Supreme Court has ruled on is, if you like, a scheme which would never have existed at another time. This is a scheme where a business takes a lease on a property in the knowledge that they will immediately go into some form of liquidation and therefore avoid paying the empty rates. I think the Supreme Court has probably come to the right decision on this case. It'll unravel, it'll create a lot of backdated liability for a lot of businesses And it will force property owners to look at other ways to to minimise their liabilities. I think that one of the risks of having such a penal empty rate system is that older buildings get to the point where it's just not viable to keep them standing. So buildings begin to be knocked down, which actually is the reverse of what government says empty rates is there to achieve.
0: Thank you for your time today, Robert. I'm sure we will catch up again soon Hopefully, that will be to discuss some good news for ratepayers in terms of meaningful reform. You've been listening to Commercial Property Insights by Alters Group. If you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and we'll send you a notification when we release our next episode. Until then, thank you for listening.